Health Matters with Karen Key. And a very good evening to you from tonight's edition of Health Matters. Well, this evening we'll be focusing on PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. My guest this evening is clinical psychologist Dr. Robin Rosen. Robin, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening. Hi. Well, before we begin, let me tell you that I finally dragged myself into the 21st century, would you believe? And I've set up Facebook pages for all my shows on SAFM. So if you need any information for the listeners out there regarding Health Matters or anything you hear on the show, you can find it on Facebook now. You just go to Health Matters on SAFM. But if you'd still like to contact me directly via email, that's healthmatters at safm.co.za. Well, to get back to this evening, if you have any questions or comments on PTSD, you can call us now on 0892102010. Health Matters with Karen Key. Well, PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder is an anxiety disorder which can occur after you've seen or experienced a traumatic event that involved the threat of injury or death or after exposure to an intensely terrifying event. Now, traumas can be various and examples of the most obvious ones are things like living through or experiencing a violent crime, being raped, attacked, taking part in a war, surviving a natural disaster, physical or sexual abuse, surviving an accident, be it a car, a train or a plane or lots and lots of things along those lines. We also find traumas which are continuous, long-term or subtle, where sufferers are trapped in horrifying circumstances for years, being traumatized every day, things like domestic violence or perhaps severe bullying at school. Now, people react differently to different situations, but regardless of the trauma, the damage to the sufferer is real and the intensity of the symptoms vary from person to person. Now, most people with PTSD go through intense suffering due to a huge part of society not understanding what PTSD is all about. So, if you've experienced anything like this and you'd like to chat to Dr. Rosen, please give us a call on 0892-102010. Dr. Rosen, Robin, good evening. Welcome back to the show. Sorry, a bit of a, of a break you. there with the soccer, rather exciting. But yes. uh, let's get on with our discussion on PTSD or post traumatic stress disorder. I mentioned a little bit about what it could be caused by, um, but are, who is actually affected by PTSD? Are some people more susceptible to something like this? Most definitely, some um, some people are more susceptible. Um, it's those people that um, have less uh, coping skills, that whose coping skills are not necessarily what they um, uh, what they should be. But it's not to say that everybody who doesn't who who has good coping skills is necessarily not going to get PTSD. So it really depends on the extent of the trauma, how long they've gone through a trauma for, and their previous levels of coping, um, and the ability the, their ability to cope through difficult situations. Um, so you find that people who have good social support um, and have good have a good network around them uh, to help them to get through would uh, get through the the, the, uh, trauma without necessarily developing full-blown PTSD. Everybody who goes through a trauma will, however, develop some set of symptoms for a certain period of time, which is referred to as acute stress disorder. And that is what most people, I think, who go through a trauma, particularly here in South Africa with with, with the crime statistics and such, um, experience acute stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder is something that's seen more in the long term. 
Now, I mentioned there that post-traumatic stress could also be considered somebody, in somebody who was living through an ongoing stress, things like sexual abuse, domestic violence, severe bullying, those kinds of mm-hmm. things. And I don't think people consider those or have really understood those to be a form of PTSD in the past. It's always sort of has to be this violent event, once-off event that causes PTSD, but well, it could be a long-term thing as well. Yeah. If you look at what defines a trauma, a, a, a traumatic experience is something that is sudden, unexpected, and out of the range of our normal human experience. So if, if a person is going through a continuous set of uh, of traumas, um, they they habituate to it, and yes, it is traumatic. But oftentimes, the the the, the impact of of the abuse is only realised after uh, after the person is out of the situation. So, if if domestic violence is is particularly violent and and traumatic and there's you know some instances are going to be obviously a lot more traumatic than others but a person has learned to live in a particular situation um and they only realize that it's you know how difficult it is once they're out of it but they certainly will be reacting with a set of traumatic uh, of trauma symptoms while they're in it but it becomes depression helplessness um as opposed to uh ptsd now, we've heard a lot, and it seemed up until quite recently to be almost an American thing. It seems to happen there on an ongoing basis, but it's happening now in South Africa. Is It's the child who's being bullied, and it's suddenly just one day something snaps, and the most horrendous mm. events occur. Is this also a kind of, of a traumatic sort of a response where you just get to the end of the, of the line and you can't take it anymore? Oh, that's a, it's a difficult question. I imagine that... Um, Obviously, somebody who's gone through bullying during um, childhood would experience PTSD to a certain extent, um, certainly certain symptoms um, of, of PTSD. But somebody who's predisposed to doing something like that would probably have more of a, a personality disorder, personality component, um, or a very, very severe depression. But yes, it can be linked to, to post-traumatic stress disorder in the long term. Um, as well, most now, certainly. What are the symptoms of PTSD? If somebody was wanting to look out, if somebody's gone through a traumatic or hor- horrifying event and they keep saying, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, what should we be looking out for? What, what could they possibly be experiencing? And when should we take the bull by the horns, if you like, and say, look, I really think it's time for you to go and talk to somebody? All right. Bull by the horns usually uh, directly after you've been through a traumatic, so if it, a traumatic experience. So if it's a sudden event, I always recommend that um, within two to three days, it's it's always a good idea to go and talk to somebody to try and just get an understanding of of um, what you've experienced, um, what, the symptoms that that you you may expect, the the meaning that. It, it has for you. So it doesn't necessarily develop into post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, so the, what are the symptoms of post-traumatic stress? Um, w- beginning with uh, the intrusive symptoms, so that's the flashbacks, um, the nightmares. Flashbacks are um, if you you feel as if you're back in the moment, the moment you saw the gun or the moment the car crashed, um, with with all this, with, with all the emotion attached to and attached to the memory. Um, the um, intru- other intrusive symptoms 
are um, sleeping difficulties, having nightmares about the actual event, um, re-experiencing of the events, like somebody's playing a DVD of what happened over and over, pressing play, rewind, play, rewind. So it's going over and over, all different aspects or maybe perhaps one particular part of the event. Um, then we have the, the anxiety response, um, so the butterflies in your tummy, um, very, looking over your shoulder all of the time, being very fearful and agitated, feeling extremely resentful and angry, um, being hypervigilant. Now, this is always the, the, the telltale sign of, of PTSD, is when your body's in that heightened state of arousal, you're expecting danger all of the time. Um, so if you sort of sitting, say, at your desk quietly and the, the phone rings, you'll get a huge, big, startled, yeah, it's a huge, big, startled reaction because your body's in that fight or flight response state, ready for action, ready to fight the enemy or to run away. Um, and so that, that is one of the marked symptoms, that and the re-experiencing of the events. Um, thereafter, you also probably experience certain uh, feelings of depression, hopelessness, um, feeling like your world is out of control, feeling um, afraid all of the time, some of the time, not wanting to um, go back to the place where the event might have occurred, um, a sort of a magical thinking kind of starts to happen. So I'll avoid that street because that's where I was hijacked or I don't want to go to um, that particular restaurant because that's where the robbery happened. Um, and... Um, Work difficulties um, are experienced in terms of concentration difficulties, um, not being able to focus on the task at hand, um, f feeling like you're reading the same page over and over again, um, memory problems, little things, where did I put my keys, what was I supposed to do um, today, what was in my diary that you usually may have been able to remember f before. Um, but really have no um, recollection of because your focus is on on the, the memories and, and coping with the trauma. So it almost takes over your life effectively to, it, to it, a degree. Yes, it, Karen, it certainly can take over your life um, because those thoughts are being processed um, over and over and over again. It, it's in your head all the time. The other, yes. the other thing mm -hmm. as well, Robin, as well, is that I think if, especially if it was in, in, in a motor accident, for example, yes. a lot of people possibly could suffer from survivor guilt if they were possibly one of only a few or the only one who survived, survived and a number of other people were killed possibly in yes. the accident. Sure, w w without a doubt. You find that very often um, in people who've been through uh, car accidents and where there has been death. And also um, in the police force where uh, one policeman might have survived or a group of pe uh, people have died and they did survive, most certainly survivor guilt is, is a very, very real thing and, and does form part of, of uh, PTSD. The problem, of course, though, is, as I mentioned earlier, that a lot of people would come through an event and say, no, no, I'm fine. I don't need to mm -hmm. speak to anybody. But, yes. you know, they need to come to the realization on their own or would it help if someone actually mentioned to them that they should go and speak to somebody? Or does that person have to come to that realization on their own? You know, part of, I think, where we're moving to in, in terms of mental health is always um, to, to, be, to be able to express yourself. So it's very important if, if you do know of somebody who's been through a traumatic experience to encourage encourage them to seek assistance. Not that everybody necessarily needs assistance, but it, it, it's very helpful 
to um, to, to be able to know that it's it's good to talk about it and to make sense of it for yourself because the more you try and shut it away, I always say our emotions as is, 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 is much as we try and run from them, they're always there to bite you in the bum. So they, they're always <laughs> right there. It doesn't matter how far you try and run and hide. So, um, yeah, encouraging people to, to seek help, to talk about it, encourage pe- encouraging people to express their emotions, and um, it really helps to make sense of it. If, if, if you use the analogy of um, a, a trauma, is is like a file of paper being thrown all over the place. It's all, all the papers are in a million different places, and the job of getting through that traumatic experience is slowly picking up the pieces and ordering them in a way that makes sense to you, so that you can file the file away. It doesn't have to be in your face all the time, um, and and that's the process of healing. That's why it's so important to, to get help after after a horrible experience. You're listening to Health Matters on SAFM. I'm Karen Key, and this evening we're focusing on PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. My guest this evening is clinical psychologist Dr. Robin Rosen. If you have any questions or comments about PTSD, you can call us on 0892 10 2010 0892 But before we go any further with this discussion, let's just check up with Muhammad Ali. He's at the Cape Town Stadium at the Bafana Bafana versus Norway game. Muhammad, I hope there's a score now. There is a score, but uh, at the wrong side of the oh. pitch if you're a South African fan because Norway have taken the lead and they took the lead four minutes before halftime. And that was ironically after a period of sustained pressure by Bafana Bafana on the Norwegian goal. The Norwegians... Uh, Breaking away and uh, Tarek Al-Yunisi, a man with uh, no, a Moroccan heritage, buried the ball in the back of the net, uh, past uh, three Bafana Bafana defenders. Not very good defending, but uh, with his left foot, uh, the young uh, Moroccan-born player buried the ball into the back of the Bafana Bafana net. Uh, the goalkeeper, Itumalen Kune, no chance at all inside the left and upright and uh, Norway have taken a one goal to nil lead and uh, immediately after that the crowd started uh, getting a bit restless and uh, rising to their feet and with the familiar gesture we see at South African football grounds rolling the one arm over the other suggesting to coach uh, Gordon Iggesen that they would want a replacement because Kandejo Mpela returning after a long spell on the uh, sidelines due to injury has had a few chances one or two good saves by the Norwegian goalkeeper Rune Justin but uh, there was a good chance uh, shortly after the Norwegian goal where Mpela really should have scored he had only the goalkeeper to beat and uh, tried to chip Yaston and uh, hope f- failed to do so so at half time then it's uh, Norway leading Bafana Bafana by one goal to nil the goal coming in the 41st minute from uh, Tarek al a really original Norwegian name isn't the Tarek al of uh, Moroccan heritage so at half time Bafana Bafana trail by Giltonel and lots of work to do in the second half. Muhammad Ali reporting for SAFM Sport. Thanks, Muhammad. Well, hopefully next time we chat with Muhammad, he would have some better news for us. I was, I was hoping for a goal, but it was kind of the wrong goal. Now, as I mentioned before we did that, um, if you have any questions or comments on PTSD with my guest, Dr. Robin Rosen, clinical psychologist, you can call us on 0892 10 2010, 0892 10 And we have our first call on the line, Joseph. Good evening. How are you? Hello, very well. Thank you, Joseph. How can we help you? Uh, is the, you are the one who's uh, going on with the program? Yes, we're talking about post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, really, there's something that I'm going through in my life. 
Okay. I am suffering from hypertension. Uh, we're not dealing with hypertension, Joseph. We're dealing with yeah. stress, post-traumatic stress disorder. I understand, but I want to explain it further. Does it have anything to do with post-traumatic stress? Yeah, yeah. Okay, tell us the story. I am 24 years old. Okay. When I was diagnosed, uh, when, I was, uh, when I get this uh, hypertension, I was 15 years old. Okay. And uh, I feel very hopeless, really. I feel confused. I don't know what to do. 24 hours, I feel headache. That can actually be experienced as, as, I mean, that is a trauma, It being diagnosed with hypertension at the age 15. of 15 mm. is, is quite a, and, and illness, yes, people do um, suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder from from illness, um, but it's usually illness that has very sudden um, onset and that has quite serious consequences such as hypertension. And when you're living with, in such severe pain all the time, um, you're probably suffering from depression uh, because the traumatic experience, you know, was really pro progressive, learning that you have an illness. Um, it, it, it would not necessarily be uh, classic PTSD per se, but illness-related stress and, and depression. So do you, uh, Joseph, do you have a question for the doctor? Do you want to ask her something? Yeah, I have, I have something to ask her. Okay. Uh, I feel very some, I feel, uh, confused sometimes. Mm -hmm. I feel hopeless. I yeah. feel like this. I don't have any hope. You see, right? It sounds to to me like you, because of what you're going through. Are you being treated properly? Have you have you got a doctor? And um, are you on the correct medication? Because hypertension is something, particularly when it's stress related, that can be treated. And if it is under control, particularly if there's a depression in, involved as well and you're seeking the correct kind of professional treatment, you can certainly start to, to feel less depressed and less helpless and get on the road. Joseph, are you, are you seeing a doctor? And have you on, med on medicine? I have gone, you know, I, am a, I, am came, I came from uh, Kenya. Okay. I have, I have gone to all hospitals. Yes. And there's no any change. They say that the blood is high. Okay. But the, they say, but they don't know the reason why All the right. blood but is th high. So this is not necessarily related to post-traumatic stress disorder, but that you're feeling depressed because there's no, there hasn't been any uh, help that's come your way for for your problem. Are you on medication, Joseph? Yeah, I take medication, but there's no changes to the doctor. And your blood pressure not coming down? The blood pressure sometimes 230, 120. Wow, okay. And what are they doing about that? Are they changing the medicine or doing anything about that? There's no anything. They give me just the medicine for the, the one that they, they are giving me. Mm. Oh. So it sounds like you probably need to be on an antidepressant as well. Mm. So it would be a good idea for you to see a psychiatrist um, also who can help you to, to, to give you some med medicine to help your mood as well. And that you'll probably find that that will help your stress levels too. You're in the Eastern Cape, Joseph, and you're going to the hospitals there. Well, next time you go, we'll try and make an appointment now to go and see either a psychologist or a psychiatrist, preferably a psychiatrist because they can prescribe medicine. Am I correct there, um, yes. Robin? Yes. Um, generally speaking, psychiatrists and psychologists work really well together. But the starting point, I think, should be 
to to see a psychiatrist who can medicate mm. and then to see a psychologist who can give him the coping treatment, skills. Yeah. So Joseph, next time, when you try and make an appointment to go to the hospital, try and make an appointment with a psychiatrist and explain to the doctor there exactly how you're feeling and they'll be able to help you with that because I think that, as, as Dr. Rosen says, that is your next thing to do now is to try and get your mood sorted out and to stop yourself feeling so bad all the time. I have to see the psychiatrist. You have seen yeah. one? Yeah. Have you seen one? No, I've not seen. I've not explained to the doctor. Okay, well, you, you need to try and get an appointment with a psychiatrist. Uh, I, I, have to the, I have to tell the doctor like that. Yes. Yes, a psychiatrist. Oh, and then they're going to help me. For sure. Without a sure. doubt, they will. And, you know, usually if you, you go to your community clinics, there's psychologists and psychiatrists. In the Eastern Cape, I don't know if you're near Rhodes, but they've certainly got clinics that they run. Um, that are associated with the universities and they've got really good people that that can help you out there. But there are lots of them out there, Joseph. Mm. So just you just need to ask and they'll be able to refer you to the right doctor. Oh, sure. Thank you. All right. Well, good luck to you, Joseph. I hopefully they'll be able to help you. But uh, can I ask you something? Okay. If maybe I can get even maybe help from those people, maybe there's no changes. What can I do next? Okay. You need to work very hard with the doctors because the doctors aren't, especially when you're suffering from stress, the doctors can only work with you. They can't rescue you, in, especially the psychologists. We work together with, with the people, so we help to give you coping skills. And it's the things that you prepare to change in your life that you work hard at, um, such as um, exercise, being able to... Um, have people around you to talk to all of those kinds of things um will, will help you to to lead a, a, a less stress kind of lifestyle which also always has an impact on on hypertension but your first point of point call of your course, first thing you need to do is to see the psychiatrist joseph because they'll be able to help you and they'll be able to put you possibly on some medication if it's needed and once you on and your mood is stabilized once you've got that sort of under control there's lots of other things that you can do to maintain that to make keep it steady and so that you don't get to feel like this again oh, thank you all right so give that a, give that a try and hopefully they'll be able to help you but just speak to the clinic or the hospital where you go and ask them to refer you to a psychiatrist definitely oh thank you okay Joe, and good luck to you thank you and yeah, thank you for luck. calling in thank you good night bye-bye now uh down to cape town chester good evening Oh, hang on. Sorry, Chester. Just, let's get rid of the other call first. Right, Chester, are you with us? No, I think we just went and lost Chester now. Chester, are you with us? No, we'll have to get Chester back. Um, while, we, while we're waiting to get Chester back, Robin, just we're talking about medication there with Joseph, and he was a completely different uh, case study, but what exactly, other than talking for PTSD, which I think talking, as you said initially, was the, the first thing to do, what about medication? Is there something that we can do with that? When we're medicating for trauma, uh, for uh, PTSD, we're medicating the symptoms of depression. So we would treat, this is more of a, obviously in the psychiatric field, so mm. they would, the psychiatrist would treat it with um, regular antidepressants or uh, that work together with, with anxiety. Because also uh, symptomatic of PTSD is sleeping difficulties, you would also need to look at does the person need a sleep medication? Um, are we looking at purely depressive symptoms? So we would medicate according to the symptoms that are, are most prevalent. 
Okay, well, let's see. Well, no, we're still waiting for Chester, but let's try Trevor. Trevor in Pumalanga, good evening. Good evening, Karen. How are you? Hello, very well, thank you. How can we help you, Trevor? Uh, compliments of the New Year. Yes, and to you too. Yes, thank you. I think you have touched a very uh, essential topic there. I'm sorry. I can't hear you very well, Trevor. This line is very bad. Just, <laughs> sorry, I can this line. It's very sort of, uh, uh, I can't really make out what you're saying. Well, let's try again. How, how, how is it now? It's, that's a little better, actually. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to share some different positions. Well, that, that position is perfect because I can hear you fine now. Okay, let's try. Yeah, because I'm far in Pumalanga, you know. Okay. So how can we help yes. you, Trevor? Yes, what I'm, I was trying to say on the first caller day, I have uh, just realized that uh, most of the people, especially the illnesses, the doctors, sometimes they relate the, the, the stress or post-traumatic uh, stress syndrome with, uh, uh, when you are having some illnesses. Mm, it can you happen. Uh, yes, I'd like maybe the doctor to maybe shed any light on the, the relationship there from uh, if maybe you are ill, then you have got this uh, post-traumatic stress. Uh, does it make uh, any uh, maybe acute or maybe right. difficult to treat or something of that sort? So it makes, does it make the illness more difficult to treat? Is that what you're asking? That's what I'm asking. Okay. Yes, uh, yes, of course, most because you have something extra and added to to treat. Um, yeah. I, I'm not sure if you're asking if, if the illness causes the, the, the traumatic response or if, if you... Uh, no, I mean the stress makes maybe the illness or untreatable or maybe... Stress oh, right. definitely can have a, a, a severe impact on the body and yeah. it can cause illness without a doubt. I see. Are so you, are you having a... Better maybe to, to have a treatment first of uh, stress with uh, absolutely, you can be able to, uh, or maybe you can uh, take them uh, concurrently. But yes, most definitely, it's it's a very good idea to always get treatment when you're suffering from stress. But I think just to make the distinction, what we're talking about here is is post traumatic stress, is a, a, a stress that you experience after you've gone through something very traumatic. Um, mm. Uh, as opposed to our regular day-to-day stresses of work and finances and relationships and yes, I, children. I, I, I do understand. Mm. Maybe if it happens like that, maybe yes. you have an illness. Yes. Or maybe thereafter. Or Particularly or an illness that is sudden and that's yes. not expected, like a heart attack or a stroke or something like you know something like that not something that um would that actually then precipitate the post-traumatic stress um robin if you had something like without that? a doubt because okay. y- yeah okay. remember sudden unexpected and out of the range of normal human experience so if you've oh. been through something like that you weren't expecting god forbid to have a heart attack or uh, whatever the, the, the case may be and and you now gone through that yes without a doubt you you can develop symptoms of PTSD. Okay, well, thank you very much. Okay, so if thank you, you are Trevor. experiencing it, do go and seek help because it, it can be. Nice evening. Thank you, thanks for getting through, Trevor. Good night to you. Bye bye. Well, let's see if Chester's with us now. Chester in Cape Town, are you there? Good evening. Hello there. Hello. Hello we thought we Chester. lost you the last time. Hi, how are you doing? Yes, I'm well, thanks. Good. How can we help you, Chester? Yes, um, I'm worried about my wife. Okay. Yes. Yes, and uh, she gets so much stress for, for something very small and sometimes it I can say for nothing. For instance, maybe if I just put my shoes in the wrong place, she have a huge stress about it. Maybe a friend lies to her and some of the times she's just like 
quiet. And when I ask her, she just said, no, I'm fine, I'm okay. I've tried to take her out, going to movies, to films, to theater, but it doesn't help. And sometimes I've tried to mingle with other people. When we go there, she just sits quiet. I've tried to ask her, the only answer that she has given me, she always says, I do things to some people go well, and then to me it doesn't go well. Can you just give me a little bit more clarity on, on what it is that doesn't go away? I've tried to ask her, and she say so many things. And they, the other day she said, some people when they go to get a job, they just get it for the first time. Okay, so what you're talking to me about is that your wife is probably feeling quite depressed and helpless because she hasn't gotten a job. Uh, it's just it's just one of the things that she, she has mentioned to me, but oh, there's a lot of more things. And she, how long has she been like this, Chester? It, it's, uh, uh, I think I could say since we met, when we met, she wasn't like, she's not talkative. I know she's a quiet person. Mm-hmm. But I think it has gone beyond. She's almost withdrawn. She doesn't want to be out in the, so- in the social world at all anymore. And that's, that's symptomatic of depression. Is it uh, withdrawn helplessness? Um, yes. She doesn't say anything. I've tried to ask her if we could go somewhere and get some help, but she said, no, I'm okay, I'm fine. And she doesn't want to talk about it. Do you know if anything happened um, before you met her, Chester, or is this somewhere she's always been like this? She used to be, but it's more it's more worse. Did anything happen to make her more like this now? Not something that I know. Not something that I know because I'm also scared like to make her angry or to, to do anything that would make her more raised. Mm, sounds like she's got a lovely husband. And a, yeah, absolutely. I'm just sitting <laughs> listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> About her very, very much. And I think that, um, you know, it's wonderful. And I'm uh, so, so nice to hear that you're there on her team and that you're there to support her. And my, my suggestion would be, it, it, it sounds to me like she is depressed. And again, without seeking treatment, it's not going to change. I always say, if you keep doing what you've always done, you're always going to get what you always got. So <laughs> if you don't change it, if you don't do something to try and change it, add a little bit of something different, it's not going to change. It is going to get worse. So I would suggest seeking help with the psychologist she doesn't want to but that's what he was just saying she keeps mm. saying no she's fine i mean it's almost a case she can't some, get anywhere until she decides that she needs the help not necessarily and sometimes when you're stuck in that helplessness it it, it does is with support and encouragement you you can sort of lead the horse to water and and generally if, if the health professional is is helpful enough or there's a connection you you can get her to drink and i think that she if with support encouragement and lots of love she certainly will get through it, but it, something needs to be done to change. Well, by the sounds of it, she's got the support and encouragement Without and the lots doubt. of love. <laughs> and Chester, I think you're just going to have to try and convince her that this is what she needs to do. How, mm. how would he go about doing that, Robin? You know, I've, I've, I've tried to use uh, some of her friends and my friends, like, just to play some tricks, go do this, go do that. But mm. it doesn't help. Um, Look, you know, I, I'm wondering, if you know, she was like this when you met her had something happened uh, prior to your marriage or to your relationship beginning. We don't know. We can only surmise. And the best thing that you can do is get her to go and see um, somebody that's uh, that, that's a professional in, in, in the area of 
um, mood disorders and somebody that will be able to help her. So it's, you know, it's, it's all very well trying to get her out. That's great. Get her to do a little bit of exercise. That's brilliant because that certainly does also help. Um, but get her to seek um, professional help because the medication is, is, is something that she probably needs to increase the serotonin in her brain to help her to feel better and more motivated. Serotonin and all other little things that run around in our brain. Thank you so much. Okay. And good luck to you, Chester. And uh, you're, you're amazing. You need a gold star for being a fabulous husband by the sounds of it. And uh, just <laughs> keep, keep, keep doing what you're doing. And hopefully you'll, you'll get her to understand that she needs to start looking for help. And hopefully once she gets it, you guys will be really, really happy. Everything will be fabulous. I, hope, I wish you that for 2013. I wish you a really good year. Thank you so much. Maybe we should go together. Maybe if I can be there, we go together. Maybe Definitely. we can help. Yes, without a doubt. But you know, also you might, she might not want you in on this on on the session. So just respect that. She might want to be able to talk about stuff on her own. Okay, but, thanks a lot. Yeah, so so okay. just give her that space if she needs it too. I will do that. Thanks Good a stuff. lot. Okay. Chester. Good luck, Chester. Good night to you. Okay, good night. Good night. Well, you're listening to Health Matters on SAFM. I'm Karen Key. And this evening we're focusing on PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. We seem to have sort of wavered off the plot a little bit. We seem to be but talking about stress in, and mm-hmm. depression. But if you need some help, please feel do feel free to call. My guest this evening is clinical psychologist Dr. Robin Rosen. If you have any questions, you can call us on 0892 as I mentioned earlier, we're discussing PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. My guest this evening, clinical psychologist Dr. Robin Rosen. If you have any questions, you can call us on 0892 10 2010, 0892 10 2010. It's Zafani in Limpopo. Good evening. Good evening, Karen. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, and you? Fine, thank you. How can we help you, Ed Zafani? I want to ask if there is a problem in my mind today. Okay. I'm suffering from more than 18 years for psychiatric disorder. For, sorry, from what? It's funny. Psychiatric mental illness. A mental illness, okay. Yeah, but I'm trying to struggle with my studies, but I can't survive well. I'm not oh, this line is not good at all either. He's trying. He's, uh, it's funny. This line is not very good. You say that you, you're having a problem studying. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to study, but. There's a condition of mind sometimes. When I use these drugs, there's a pain in, 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 in the region of the head, like an addiction. I don't know if there's a problem about the tablet that I use. Oh, okay. It's, it's funny. This line is really bad, but I'm, it's, I'm, am I correct in thinking that you're saying that you're trying to study, you're taking medication for a mental illness, and it's giving you pains in your head? In, in the middle of the head. In the middle of your head. Okay. Now, have you yes. spoken to your doctor about this, the pains in the middle of your head? When I tried to, to, to tell him, he said, can you change the medication? When he changed the medication, I'm I experiencing tremors. Mm, and ov- oftentimes it is like that with the psychiatric medication. Mm-hmm. It's trial and error. It's, have you been to a neurologist? Neurologist? Have you been to a neurologist it's a, or it's just a to kind a of doctor that they'll do check your brain to see what's you going know, on? Study my brain. A neurologist, that's correct, yes. yes. Can, can it be present in the public hospital? Yes. There should be a neurologist available at the public hospitals, yes. Mm, okay, I can try to consult that 
Okay. Maybe when you go next time, ask them to refer you to a neurologist. Okay, thank you. All right, good luck to you, Edzafani. Bye. Thanks Bye. for the call. Bye-bye now. Suzanne in Khanspai, good evening. To you. I just want to know if there's any tie up between um, PTSD and autoimmune disease. An autoimmune disease? What sort of autoimmune disease, Suzanne? There's so many of them these days. I don't know that there could be a, that there is necessarily a direct link between. Not. What what is, what is your experience? Why are you asking that? If I might ask. Uh, because I went through a traumatic period, and I recently went to a neurologist, and he said I had autoimmune disease. Let me explain that if you have a predisposition to a particular illness. Going through a stressful event may trigger off the already existing weakness that your body has, and it may have developed at some point in time. Anyway, it might be uh, sped up by the experience of a trauma. Yes, but there's not there's no not a direct link between this necessarily causes that. Okay, and what does what does negative energy mean? Negative energy. Mm. Negative energy, meaning that you're very down and that you always depressed, that kind of thing. No, the neurologist said uh, things had improved. Yes, and um, he just mentioned negative energy. I wonder if he wasn't referring to that, that, your mood being very negative and down. And, you know, if you're very negative and down, everything around you seems negative. And I suppose you do exude some negative energy. And the more, uh, the, 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 the better you feel, the less depressed you are, the more positive your energy becomes. Um, so I'm wondering if it's not that that he was picking up on. Okay. I didn't get that impression. So not. Was he speaking more on more sort of esoteric uh, energetically yeah. well that's you know then he's perhaps pick, picking up that your energy levels are very low um and yeah, that that is yeah and that no, uh, that I'm, you, I'm always tired that you're always tired mm. and um yeah and, and th- i suppose that's what he was talking about negative energy that yeah, i'm always tired mm. how you how are you I'm feeling down to all the i think all the medication mm. It Probably. makes me tired. Sure, it does. The, the medication often does have a, you know, that that that's a side effect that it does make you tired, and then you do feel sometimes a bit worse than than before. But if you need it, you need it. Yeah, you and pro- I do apparently. Apparently, okay. So there's not necessarily any tie between um, PTSD and. Um, Though, as I said, that the trauma might have triggered off the already. Um, existing. existing, it might have been in your, your your body before, probably was, and was triggered. Okay, yeah, because I picked it up. The neurologist picked it up two years ago, mm-hmm. but he said it's got seriously worse since your since your trauma. Um, I didn't tell him about my trauma. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's so always who, a good idea. To who mentioned the PTSD and the link between that and the autoimmune disease then? Um. No, I was just curious. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I can, t- from personal experience, it was suggested to me that that's possibly why 
I, mine was triggered. I had a, a traumatic event, and mm. not long after that, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune condition. And it was one of the things they mentioned to me that it was not caused by the um, by the traumatic event, but I was obviously predisposed to developing whatever it mm. was. And um, you know, it was going to happen at some point. This just kind of kickstarted it, and yeah. it happened sooner rather than later. So because it, it yeah it causes your body to be very vulnerable. absolutely, mm. and vulnerable. that's yeah it causes you to be vulnerable. Your immune system is low because you have been stressed or traumatized. Or whatever and it's not something that was caused by the event also i was told um and it, it basically was something that was kick-started um you know it was going to happen anyway but it just kind of happened then and it just sure. one of those things mm. and tell me have you have, are you better uh, well the autoimmune thing there is no cure for an autoimmune condition so you kind of live with it you're always so helpful. Thank you very much. Well, good luck to you, Suzanne, and just keep the chin up. And uh, I, I know what you're going through from a personal point of view. So we, we have to just kind of fight the good fight. And, mm. uh, you know. Thank Yeah. Thanks very really much. Good yeah. luck to you. Okay. Okay, Suzanne. Bye. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, you're listening to Health Matters on SAFM. I'm Karen Key. And this evening, we've been trying to focus on PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. We've kind of wandered all over the place, but we've helped a few people, hopefully, deal with all sorts of other stress conditions. My guest this evening is clinical psychologist, Dr. Robin Rosen. If you have any questions, you can call us on 0892 10 2010. Vincent in Bloemfontein, good evening. Hello. Hello. How can we help you? Um, you know what? I think... The question, I have two questions for you ladies, yes. and of which I believe to be relevant to what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, the first one is is that, uh, you know, there have been situations of which have happened, you know, scary situations. The first one was uh, where a friend of mine got um, hit a car right mm. in front of me, oh, yes. and um, while people were panicking, there were three of us, and the... You know, the other guy was panicking. People were running all over, but I wasn't stopped. I wasn't panicking. I took charge. I was giving out orders until everything was fine. The following day, um, late at night, well, I couldn't sleep. I'm sure. You know, on the third day, I was feeling miserable, you know, thinking that there could have been something that I could have done to help save the situation. Um, and then what happened what to hap your friend? What happened? Um, you know, she got hit by a car, but it wasn't serious. Oh, it, yes, okay. Yeah. The second incident, I, you know, it was when we got hijacked. I'm in a same-sex relationship with, a, with Jack, so we got hijacked. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was stressed, but I was fine. But then two days later, I was mad, you know, thinking that there could have been something of which I could have done. So that's the first question. I wonder whether... This is post-traumatic stress, and by not treating it, by not getting help, is it going to have any um, effect later on? How long ago did this all happen, Vincent? No, it happened in four months, in a period of four months. No, but I mean, like, was it last year, or when was it? Not, no, like, in counting, it's been four months since it, oh, since it oh, happened. okay. All right. Yeah. Robert? The second, the second one, I don't know if I must continue. Oh, I thought that was the second one. Have you had another incident? Ah. Uh, well, this one actually, what I'm what I'm trying to talk about is that uh, Jock is my. We are in a same-sex relationship, like I explained, and we've been going through counselling, and you know, because of the violence that is around the relationship, I don't, 
I don't want to say I'm a victim of abuse, but he gets he gets mad and you know we fight. You understand? Mm. So in therapy, I discovered that something had happened in his childhood where his father would abuse his mother. Now the 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 person who's helping us said that you know he's having you know um I don't know the name of the you know. Flashbacks, right? Mm. Yes, flashbacks of the of which happened in the past, of which are influencing his actions. Yes, without a doubt. Although he said that, although he might be, he said it's not that he wants to do it. It just happens, and he doesn't feel good. I wonder whether it's it's really that, or is it just something to cover up the abuse or whatever. You know, we've always got to look at things in context. And if he has been uh, abused as a child. There's, you know, there's not to excuse his behavior because we're all grown-ups and we have to take responsibility for our behavior as, as adults. But if he's never been treated for the abuse that he suffered, it's it's probably a very good idea for him to, to get help for that first before you, you know, start working on, on the issues within your relationship because it probably, he does feel very helpless. And when you two do fight, it's, there's a strong possibility that he does get triggered and get taken back to his childhood. And if it is post-traumatic stress disorder, then when he is experiencing those flashbacks, it feels as if he is that child and that he is that little helpless boy. So when he's reacting to you, um, when you guys are having a fight, he's reacting as from that little boy. And if you're reacting to him aggressively as well, it will make that whole situation a whole lot worse. And oh, then, could you could you please answer the first one? I wonder, like like I explained, you know, is it normal for me to sort of be in a? I don't know. I, I mean, I'm a control freak when something happens. Like I said before, but. Mm-hmm. It usually takes two days for me to sort of feel depressed or mad at people like I could have done something like in like the accident of which it happened. What you're describing to me is you feel a lot of helplessness after, after the after event. The event. Mm. Now, yeah, two days after. But yeah. when it's after, you know, immediately after the, after the incident has happened, there's no emotion. You yes. know, I just give out yeah. orders, do this, contact this person. Go, go so there. you're the guy that people want to be with in a in a traumatic situation. You, you, you remain calm. Um, you take charge. You do what needs to be done. It's very interesting that you 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 do stuff during these events, and yet afterwards you still feel helpless. And that's that's quite interesting because usually it's the people that that are the doers that don't necessarily suffer so badly afterwards because you weren't helpless during the, 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 the actual event. Now, what he was asking was, is it going to be a problem if, it, if it's not treated now? If it's not now? treated. Yeah. If he is experiencing symptoms now, yes, he must get, get help because it can, it can become a problem, but it may not. It depends on your coping skills on, and, and on the support that you've got around you. But it's always a good idea to go and thrash it out with somebody so that it doesn't turn into post-traumatic stress. But from what I'm hearing, the way that you coped with it, the the, the, the way that you actually dealt with it, you're going to be fine. You know know what? I don't know, you know, because, ah, Mm -hmm. you know, something that I'm going to explain, it's going to be out of the the topic that we're talking about. Vincent, we've literally got a minute before the end of the program, so if you can be very brief. No, uh, okay. 
like I'm saying, you know, it it takes two days. The first the first day, it's it's when I'm feeling very sad, depressed, mm. and the second day, it's like, okay, I'm I'm mad. It's like I could have done something to prevent the situation or to to make it better. Yeah, that's that's all. What, yes. That's what I wanted to say. This. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're on, yeah. a, on an adrenaline high at the time And then it sort of comes down It's all that adrenaline is leaving yes. your body And it takes a day or so And it's that sort of release And possibly you're feeling I don't know I'm not a clinical psychologist But from my own head he, He's feeling like he should have felt Like the rest of us normal people Would have felt at the time He's feeling that two days later I think his response initially is pretty normal In that we all go in a traumatic situation Have the fight or flight response mm. And um, where you pay attention to what you need to. So your mind focuses where you need it to go. And oftentimes people describe feeling very calm during the actual event. And only afterwards the adrenaline starts rushing through your body and you have that release. You start to shake and you realize actually what's happened. So it is quite a normal reaction. Well, not not when it, Vincent, I take my hat off to you because, oh, okay. So I say I take my hat off to him because I'm the one who panics. You look at me and I'll panic. I'm very good at that. Um, But uh, Dr. Robin and thank you very much indeed for your time this evening. Sorry we didn't stay pleasure. totally on track, but uh, hopefully we helped a few people. Thank you very much for joining me. Been my pleasure. And if you'd like to talk to someone about problems you're having with stress or trauma, post-traumatic stress, you can contact the South African Depression and Anxiety Group's toll-free trauma helpline. It's 0800 2050 26. And you can also take a look at the website, www.sadag.org. If you have any questions about something you've heard on the show, you can email me on healthmatters at safm.co.za or take a look at the Facebook page, which is Health Matters on SAFM. And that's it for Health Matters for this week. I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back with you again tomorrow evening just after nine with time to travel. But right now, it's over to Stephen Coker for some late night music. Hi, Stephen.